Hey guys, Press Gallery host Emma Graney here with another quick reminder to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher and on Spotify. As always, any questions, comments or concerns, reach out to me. You can email me, egraney at postmedia.com or find me on Twitter at Emma L. Graney. Another shout out as well to subscribe to our sister podcast, 10.3, which is, of course, a national news podcast that we do produce every week here from with our very own Dave Breckenridge. So uh, check that out as well. Coming into the election, we're going to have an awful lot to talk about. So uh, if you want to get all of it straight to your device, it's the way to go about it. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the Press Gallery, the Edmonton Journal's politics podcast. I am your host, Provincial Affairs reporter Emma Graney. It is Friday, March 22nd, 2019, and this is the election campaign kickoff edition. Woohoo! Woo! Yay! Yay! Your election! <laughs> this is like our Super Bowl, everybody. Ha ha! It even get tops excited. the throne speech election time. Yes, yeah. last week. Yeah. I, I yeah. describe it as the Olympics. It happens once only every yes, four years. It is, and you've <laughs> got to follow true. sports. Okay. Most of the time. Before yeah. we get into talking about that, let me introduce you who is uh, around our microphone today. I have my colleague, Claire Clancy, who works at The Ledge with me. How are you, Clancy? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Is that a new shirt? It's nice. It is. Yeah, it's from Banana Republic. Thanks oh, for wow. noticing. Wow. Shout out to them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We'll take your sponsorship anytime. Uh, our boss, Assistant Managing Editor, Sarah O'Donnell. Hi, good morning. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you. I thought you were wearing a tie because you have oh, like your collar over the top of your out. sweater and I thought, wow, you've no, gone with a tie I did today. not get to go buy cool clothes at Banana Republic. This week, so. <laughs> Again, we'll take your sponsorship. And finally, <laughs> we've got our political columnist, Keith Duran. How are you, mate? Good. Good. I'm very nice. Thank you. <laughs> very nice. Glad to hear it, yeah. Keith. And, and not to be outdone, he's wearing a, a lovely pullover. Yeah. Yes, from Mo, Tip Top. Hello. Also <laughs> take your sponsorship. <laughs> Guys, I think we've lost it. In the yeah. Yeah. I think only this shows how tired everybody is. is. In. Yeah. <laughs> So today, of course, we will be, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, be talking about the election, that teensy tiny bit of news that dropped this week. And we'll be talking about the promises, the pledges, the campaign trail so far, some of the ups, some of the downs, the roller coaster that is Alberta elections. We will also be talking about the leaked emails um, that came out over the weekend, last weekend actually, um, of communication between the Jason Kenney and Jeff Calloway campaigns during the UCP leadership race. I do want to start with that because it is something that has framed the news this week, even on the election trail, I, I guess, even on the campaign trail. So, Clancy, you and I got to go to work on Sunday. Yeah, that was a fun and interesting day. <laughs> Lots happened. <laughs> so we both worked on this story, but give us a little rundown about what this is all about. Yeah, so Saturday night, um, initially CBC, I think, were first to the punch and published leaked emails between Kenny's current deputy chief of staff, Matt Wolf, and um, Cameron Davies, who was the co-campaign manager on Jeff Calloway's campaign. In previous episodes of the Press Gallery and online, I'm sure you've noticed that we've chatted about the accusations that Kenny's team was part of a coordinated effort with Callaway's team to sink Brian Jean's campaign. And he was, of course, the main rival for the UCP leadership job. Exactly, in 2017. So what was really important about these revelations on Saturday night and then all into Sunday when things were unfolding is that it's really the first 
a kind of big piece of evidence that there was coordination between these two camps. And kind of to point out some of the things in the emails, it included things like notes on political strategy, um, memes, graphics, uh, speech notes, and and things that you wouldn't necessarily expect to see exchanged between uh, between two campaigns. Then moving into Monday, we saw McLean's actually published a piece talking about how the Callaway campaign may have been funded, and it could have included a $60,000 check from a corporate entity. It raised tons of questions about how exactly that campaign was funded. um, And that is related potentially to this RCMP investigation that's going on. Um, Kenny's team has said, you know, that has nothing to do with us. In terms of the kamikaze campaign accusations, he took questions for almost an hour on Monday about this and um, and said, it's all normal. This is what this is what happens during a leadership bid. Exactly right. Yeah, Kenny is taking the tack that this is completely normal. Communication between teams is normal. And therefore, everything that you've seen, the communications that are memes that we produce for them, communications plans that were rolling out Jeff Calloway's quote unquote big ideas at the time, speaking points that Matt Wolf, uh, who was with Kenny's campaign, prepared for Jeff Calloway when he was going to drop out of the race and back Jason Kenny. That's the kind of level of detail that we're talking here. And Jason Kenny says it's all completely normal, completely above board and and nothing to see him. Everyone move along. And I think it's also important to note that a couple of other revelations came out. We heard from um, Happy Man, who posted on Facebook, he was a wild roser and, and involved in, in politics. And he said that actually there was a strategy meeting July 19th, uh, 2017, where Kenny was present and they talked about sinking Brian Jean's campaign with a kamikaze candidate. And then Derek Fildebrand also came out and <laughs> said that he had a lovely steak dinner, it sounded like, with yes, Jason Kenny. Where... A ribeye at the keg medium rare. <laughs> right, if you medium don't mind. rare, yes. Which caused a lot more controversy than his other comments, <laughs> but where uh, Derek Fildebrand basically said he was approached to potentially be that kamikaze candidate and then said no. And obviously, none of these allegations are proven. This is all he said, he said <laughs> at this point. Um, and we'll kind of see how it unfolds, I suppose. Well, it's a little more than that, though, at this point. It, it's Jason Kenney saying this and maybe Jeff Calloway saying this versus he said, he said, he said, he said. So there's, right. there's, there's quite yeah. a number of people lining up to tell. Fairly and there similar are documents ver- to back this up. And there up. are documents to back this up. So on one side, we have Jason Kenney saying, we had normal communications between the campaigns. You know, we, we shared a few things, but this goes on all the time in politics. Uh, and I wasn't involved with, with any of the financing. Uh, and there's been no proof of that. But you have Jason Kenney saying that. You have Jeff Calloway saying that. Then on the other side, you have at least three accusers. You have Cameron Davies at this point. You have Prab Gill. You have Derek Fildebrandt. And you have Happy Man. So that's actually four accusers. Plus, you have an audio tape that came out uh, a couple of months ago in which some UCP strategists are, are overheard talking about this kamikaze strategy between Callaway and Kenny. So, plus, you have all these documents between Matt Wolf and Cameron Davies. Uh, and the election commissioners involved. We, and on, right. the, on the issue about the question of financial issues, there have been fines issued about inappropriate transfer of funds from a person to a party that were not their own funds to contribute. That's right. Um, and th- now that is where the UCP have been absolutely saying without question, we are we are not involved in that, I think, as we've already talked about. But, you know, we saw another round of, of a fine and two reprimand letters uh, issued this week by the elections commissioner. That's right. So there is quite 
a, a large scale of evidence on one side and then Kenny and Jeff Calloway's denial on the other side. So I, to me anyway, the, the, the imbalance there is not in Kenny's favor. Uh, the other thing that that I think needs to be mentioned here, I mean, that was an extraordinary press conference um, for all of us who were in there. It was extraordinary. The one on Monday? The one yeah. on Monday with Jason Kenney. 52 minutes long. 52 minutes long. Jason Kenney came in alone. I actually thought he was going to come in with some of his UCP candidates yeah. and show of solidarity. It was perhaps a bit telling that they weren't there. Mate, it was so long they would have fainted at They would have. Yeah. <laughs> who knows if, it if they would have stayed there the whole time. But he stood up there for 52 minutes. And in a very calm voice, just kept denying, deny, deny, deny. This is normal. All of those folks, he was asked, all of those accusers, are they liars? He was asked. He said, well, that's your word. I would say they mischaracterized. They all mischaracterized. So I find this hard to believe. Uh, I think the evidence is very clearly on the side that this was a coordinated campaign between Jason Kenney and Jeff Calloway. He claims again that he didn't know everything that was going on between Matt Wolf and 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 the uh, and the Jeff Calloway campaign. That I find hard to believe as well, given Jason Kenney's level of organization, his level of sophistication in politics. But this is the line he's taking right now. Whether Albertans believe him, I don't know. I certainly don't. And we should also just mention that it wasn't only Matt Wolf too from Kenney's team. No, it was also Blaze Bomer who um, is. He's kind of involved on the sidelines in some kind of way or was at the time he was very involved with Jason Kenney's campaign, but he was running, uh, he has a kind of strategy company and he was the one who was preparing kind of notes for Jeff Calloway and it was done through his company Revolver. So Blaze Bowman was also in this. There was uh, Randy Kerr was involved in this. There were so many names in this, but of course the main ones are Wolf and Davies. Worth pointing out as well here that um, I said to Kenny directly, did you know that Jeff Calloway was running a hit job campaign on Brian Jean. And Jason Kenney said it was very clear that that's what he was doing. I said, but did you know that's what he was doing? And he said, anything, anyone who looked at that would have understood that that's what was going on. So that's kind of a way of saying yes without saying yes. <laughs> right, which is yeah. what we've heard a and lot of lately, week, of it course, seems. Um, <laughs> this week, ballooned out. So on Monday we had Jason Kenney have the very long press conference, talking, 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 answering all the questions, denying, saying it's normal. Then on Tuesday, of course, the writ drops, and we'll get to that in just one moment. But the first then campaign event for the UCP was out in Leduc uh, and – Jason Kenney was again asked about this and said, look, I, I, I answered questions about this for almost an hour yesterday. And then out of nowhere, he said, something occurred to me last night after I'd done that press conference. I'd like to also bring up that um, in the PC leadership campaign, which was, of course, in kind of late 2016, early 2017, he said that the other three leadership candidates, Byron Nelson, Richard Starkey, and Stephen Kahn, were basically in cahoots against me. He said they had a, quote, strategic tactical campaign. Uh, he said that they were, quote, one campaign all working together. And I said, well, what? what? <laughs> like, that's that's odd that he would bring that up. So I asked Richard Starkey. I asked Stephen Kahn. I left Byron Nelson a message. He didn't get back to me. But uh, Kahn and Richard Starkey both say that's the exact words of Richard Starkey, former MLA, now retired, said that's patently untrue. Um, Stephen Kahn said that from what he's seen, it's diabolical politics or something along those lines. And they both deny that um, there was any kind of collusion between their teams. 
The difference is that, of course, they were all running on the idea that they wanted to the PC brand to continue. They wanted the PC party to continue. Jason Kenney wanted to tank the PCs, well, not tank them, sorry, merge them with the Wild Rose and have this kind of large united conservative force. So one could be argued, well, they just had the same policy and your policy was wildly different. So that's where the slate of candidates came in. But that's an other little aside to this whole. And he had used that line previously with regards to the UCP leadership saying that Brian Jean and uh, Doug Schweitzer had collaborated and worked together. So that's certainly something that we've we've heard from from him on different different varieties of that same theme. And I've asked for proof about that as well, because um, on the weekend, the UCP put out a statement. It was two lines from Doug Schweitzer, who is, of course, now a candidate running for the UCP, so probably does not want to crap on the leader's head, <laughs> saying, um, yeah, I totally shared stuff with Brian Jean's campaign. We shared lots of stuff. So I said, hey, like what? Give me those emails. Show me, show me what you've um, shared but I am yet to get anything back. <laughs> this has become the most convoluted story of yes. all, all year, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I, I've been joking around the newsroom that we need to have one of those billboards up that has, you know, uh, recipe cards and pins and string and maps yeah, and all that, that amazing. Thing to keep track of it all. And that's why I was so glad when you guys pulled together that what do we know so far story? Because just to keep track of it all, even for people like me who reads every word that you write <laughs> before and after, I'm, I'm like, wait, what's going on now? Who is this person? Who is this man? You know? Who is so this man? that's absolutely why, you know, it's good to have. And and so that is why I think it was so fascinating to me as we were in the middle of this all on Monday, as well as the throne speech where the NDP, um, you know, presented kind of broad picture visions and we saw bills on the order paper that then I thought, Oh, we're not going to go to election now. I thought the NDP are not going to call an election Surely now. I thought, not. despite what I had said on the podcast on Friday, <laughs> that they were actually not going to call the election. So I kind of, you know, slowly lollygagged in on Tuesday and yep. da 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 da, <laughs> knowing the embark, you know. And then I was like, got in and I was like, nine o'clock announcement. Oh no! Yeah, I know. <laughs> what have I done? Is that yeah, a transition? Yeah. Maybe yeah. you had more. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to go there quite yet. No, that's okay. I, I I was a little surprised they did call the election uh, on Tuesday because I I did think they wanted to let this story fester because this is a uh, this is a story of integrity. It's a story of a character. It's a story of hypocrisy. And to me, why I find Jason Kenney's response to this so offensive is let's remember his behavior the last few months, right? He has pushed back aggressively against any accuser that's come forward, said they have no credibility, has essentially called them liars without using that word. Sour grapes is Sa the term Sour grapes use. is another one, right. So he's hired lawyers to threaten legal action against one of his accusers. He fired one of his candidates in Calgary for not being forthcoming enough about his uh, financing to the Jeff Calloway campaign. Right, and he's repeatedly called for for civility, for decency, for running a positive campaign. To me, all of this comes across just as outright hypocrisy. Um, that's why I I, I wrote a, a strong column, probably the strongest column I've written since I, I've taken this new job. It just really, really got me angry um, when I see that kind of hypocrisy. And I would have thought the NDP would have let that play out and let that simmer in Albertans' minds. For a little longer, instead, Tuesday morning, Rachel Notley is in Calgary, says the election's underway, and already we're into campaigning. And we go vote April 16th. Have we said April 16th no, yet? No, yeah. Get so ready that, to vote. Is, that is election day. Yeah. Put that in your calendars, everybody. So yes, the election is now on. It's on. 
like Donkey Kong. Yeah. That's what they say, right? That's what the is that the say. official tagline? Uh, yes, absolutely. That is the official Edmonton Journal tagline <laughs> of the Alberta yeah. election. Goodness, Unlike Donkey I, Kong. I need to go change some stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we do, as, as Sarah said, we head to the polls April 16. It's going to be a month of, oh, it's going to be a month. Already we're seeing a lot of... Um, the NDP seems to be taking the tack here of attack. That seems to be the ongoing theme this week. We've had uh, Sarah Hoffman, Health Minister, um, I guess Deputy Premier, back when it was still a thing. That's right. Has been put in front of the cameras uh, a good number of times now and we've seen Jason Kenney push back with, oh, typical NDP, I knew they were going to do this. This is just... Um, personal smear and attacks against me and they have to do this because they can't stand on their record. Now, Clancy, you've covered a couple of these um, Sarah Hoffman things yeah. this week, right? Yeah. So actually, I think it's, I wanted to also point out that uh, Rachel Notley had her first big campaign commitment on Wednesday and uh, it was related to petrochemical upgrading, increasing funding for that if her government is reelected for a second term. But she did also bring up the Callaway issues as um kind of talking about Jason Kenney's character. I think that issue will continue to be brought up by Rachel Notley. But what was kind of interesting was that at the same time, you have, as you mentioned, Sarah Hoffman, who's taking kind of a more lead role with some of what you'd probably say is like more attack politics. So for example, uh, she had a press conference to unveil this 30 second ad that they're rolling out now that you might have noticed on social media. It takes a clip that we've seen many months before about Jason Kenney when he was a member of parliament talking about um, a campaign that he successfully ran decades ago to, I guess, overturn a ban that would have let the partners of gay men dying from AIDS in San Francisco visit their partners. This clip is from ages ago. The NDP have now rolled out an ad related to this. And then the next day, Sarah Hoffman had another media availability where she had a screening of a 10-minute video related to the same clip that they, they tried, tried to, to shop. Yeah, they tried to shop it as a documentary. And I just will say again, I've been saying this for the last two days, because I was a little affronted that they're trying to call it a piece of journalism. It's not a documentary when your part <laughs> when your party makes it. That, um, that's propaganda. It's a it's a 10 minute political <laughs> ad is what it is. Yeah. They interview people in San Francisco who were working at the height of the AIDS crisis. And that video is online as well. Um, so definitely we're seeing Hoffman, I think, weigh into more of these social criticisms that uh, that have kind of always been associated with Kenny. And I'm assuming we'll see much more of that. Whereas Rachel Notley seems to, when she brings him up, is really focusing on moral character and specifically bringing up the Callaway allegations from the last few days. Yeah, I mean, I think this campaign so far in the first four days has played out as we expected it would. The NDP focusing on the UCP leader, Jason Kenney, repeating things that they have talked about in the past, bringing up old videos, things that those of us in this room know very well about. But I think what they're assuming is that people will not in the regular world, maybe if they were party members, they might have had this drawn to their attention or stuff like that. But maybe regular Albertans haven't paid attention to this. And they're hoping that they convince they can convince people that what someone said decades ago or did decades ago is who they are today. They're hoping now, Jason Kenney, on the other hand, has been going, he's been in Edmonton, Lethbridge, and Calgary so far, um, focusing on the environment, focusing as we knew that he would on the carbon tax, focusing on the economy, 
it was striking on Wednesday, that first full day of campaigning, both Notley and Kenny were at different industrial sites, Leth- uh, Kenny at Lethbridge Ironworks and Rachel Notley here in Edmonton uh, at, a, at Sesco Fabricating with a sign proudly behind saying, you know, International Brotherhood of Boilermakers at that particular <laughs> shop, um, both talking about their different economic visions. But that's where Kenny knows that the NDP are weak because Albertans have been having a hard time. And the numbers, the current numbers, even the numbers for today, there may have, while we were going upward for a while, things are on the down again and by all kinds of different indicators. So that's a weak point. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, the, the campaign did not start well for the UCP because not only did they have these revelations about uh, the Jeff Calloway campaign, they also had to fire, I guess she actually resigned, a candidate in Calgary Mountain View resigned. This was Kaylin Ford after, after some comments surfaced she from her. she was a star candidate. And she was a star candidate. She was one that uh, Kenny had promoted uh, a great deal as a, as a star candidate, as a potential cabinet minister. She's running in a tough riding in, in Calgary Mountain View. Uh, young, uh, Oxford educated. She was definitely in their ads a bunch of times and she had to step down because some comments surfaced that uh, she made a couple of years ago in a private messaging, I believe, uh, just about uh, some, some, I guess, sympathy towards uh, white supremacist racists and how they might be treated differently than Islamic racists, so, um, or Islamic terrorists, I should say. So that was not a good start for Jason Kenney to have to lose that candidate right off the bat. I see today there's some allegations against a couple of his other candidates uh, including the replacement for Kalen Ford. We'll see how that plays out and whether he'll uh, reprimand those candidates or not. But uh, so on that front, the the racist, intolerant, uh, misogynistic, all these accusations that the NDP tried to make about the UCP, uh, that has not gone particularly well for the UCP. But that seems to be all the NDP has right now. When it's a question of policy, when it's a question of the economy and jobs, they are not winning this election right now. And it's interesting that you bring up, of course, we've got a lot of policies coming out of this already. The Alberta Party has been just going hell for leather. Um, Leader Stephen Mandel has come out with childcare policy, education policy, uh, mandatory vaccination of children policy. Like, he's actually the Alberta Party. He's in Calgary this morning with something that they're about to unveil about fluoride, which are certainly attention grabbing issues that, you know, would we be talking about the Alberta policy if they hadn't been unveiling kind of out of the out of the realm of previous discussion, just like vouchers for daycare. That yeah. is not something we've talked about in Alberta before, particularly. And Keith and I were both at the campaign kickoff for Stephen Mandel. And I think I just wanted to say it's probably the most fired up we've ever seen him in the last few months. So it was yes. a very kind of energetic crowd. I think we're going to see more from them as things go on. And if you are reading up on the Alberta party, definitely look at what Janet French has done so far from our newsroom, because she's been really good about covering some of these issues. One thing I wanted to say about the NDP unveiling their very gung-ho attacks on Jason Kenney right now is that it has given him an early opportunity to respond and get some things on the record or, or say things that he has not previously said. So in response to a a very big article in Sprawl Calgary that was put up online, I think yesterday, um, the UCP sent out the answers to each of the questions, his full responses, written responses to questions that they had asked him about this article. And in there, he said some things that I have not actually heard him say before. So while we don't have him on tape saying, um, 
something I'm not quoting it exactly here because I don't have it along the lines in front of me like you know would you do that today kind of thing he's saying no I wouldn't or you know I wouldn't, wouldn't do this stand today by, he wouldn't stand by his comments is what he said right um, from, so from that time. he wish he'd spent more time on his studies and less time on student politics yeah in the past when he's been asked about like you know do you regret your actions here he's kind of given a, sh- a sure the, shrug that, that was an actual quote yeah. sure and sure. so it did allow him. And so now throughout the campaign for the next 25 days, the UCP can say, point to look at what he's written here. Now, I think maybe if he also says some of that out loud, that might help his case in terms of talking about and bringing up the fact like we've all talked about before that, you know, people can change their positions over the course of their lifetime. You can believe one thing when you're younger and get and learn more and come around to other choices. So if they want to play it that way, they're setting themselves up to do that. I just wanted to say about the clip, though, that's being shopped around is one thing we've, I think, talked about internally a bit is that this has been an issue for for months. This is why journalists asked about it in December. But what I think is interesting is hearing from some Albertans who maybe aren't as kind of plugged into politics who actually this might be the first time they're seeing this clip. Um, over the next month. And so it is, it'll be interesting, I think, to see how that might affect some kind of UCP supporters if it's the first time they're seeing this controversy and kind of how Jason Kenney responds. The criticism from the LGBT community, though, of course, is that, yes, he's acknowledging that he wouldn't do that today, but he's never apologized for 30 years of campaigning against gay rights. And he's never actually said what his views are now, right? No, he, he's, he's just regretted, right, doing s- that. But there could be a bunch of reasons why he regrets it. And said that any UCP government would not um, legislate on socially contentious issues a la Harper, other provincial conservative governments. And at the NDP event yesterday um, that was organized by the NDP, uh, there were kind of some notable members of the LGBTQ community, most notably probably Michael Fair, who is a former Edmonton city councillor. And he actually did say that he felt like he was worried. And some of that was kind of some of the rhetoric that other people in the in the group were saying that they felt like seeing that clip and also just knowing kind of some of Kenny's um, policies, I guess, while he was in Ottawa, they said it's worrisome for the community. So I think that will be an issue potentially for LGBTQ voters and allies. It could be a problem. Well, yeah, because if someone refuses to apologize or just won't apologize for what they've done, well, do you take them at face value that they've changed or do you not? Are they Basically. just making a political calculation here, right? That that's exactly. the big and the, maybe that's why he's not apologizing too, because then you alienate your far, like your very evangelical kind of base, of which Jason yes. Kenney's yes. base is very very strong that way. So were he to turn around and apologize for thirty years of campaigning against LGBTQ rights and also um, campaigning against abortion, well, then he's alienating a very large chunk of his base, particularly here in Alberta. You do have a good lot of Bible belts down here, so. You know, that in itself, perhaps political um, calculation. Walking a line. Exactly. So we've got a lot of promises. The um, A few came out yesterday. The UCP is promising or Jason Kenney is promising that there will be a, a referendum on equalization and taking equalization off of the table. So basically trying to change the constitution. There'll be a referendum on um, Alberta senators and being able to vote them in. There will be a referendum on enshrining property rights as well. Um, he said all this yesterday, even named a date, October 2021. 20, and that was tied to a lack of pipelines, right? Exactly. If, if Alberta does not get a pipeline, we would have this referendum, which... On the equalization part. on the equalization part. Yeah, so it would be tied to the um, municipal elections in 2021. That's how he's saying it wouldn't cost an extra lot of money. 
And then on the NDP side, a couple of the platform promises this week were to increase their petrochemical um, project and upgrading program up to $7 billion in funding over 10 years. And that's something that was a huge uh, pivotal uh, part of Rachel Notley's energy policy as when they formed government. Um, And then the other big promise we saw this week from the NDP were to add 2,000 long-term care beds as well in the province. And that was from yesterday. And the Liberals have unveiled a couple of things here and there, basically um, about uh, capping class sizes and funding more educational assistance as well. And of course, the FCP, Freedom Conservative Party, is sticking with its, uh, we will also have a referendum on separation if Ottawa doesn't start giving Alberta a fair deal. Um, The Freedom Conservative Party, just as a side note, has announced that um, Bernard Hancock is running for them in Grand Prairie, otherwise known as Bernard the Roughneck, who you may or may not have seen on Abledge Twitter. He was very involved in the Conservative campaign, the Unite campaign. we've talked about him before over the years. (laughs) And we're also seeing a couple of interesting candidates pop up for the Alberta Advantage Party. Some old familiar faces. Yash Sharma, who was kicked out of the Alberta Party uh, for some controversial views. And uh, Sandra Kim, uh, who was trying to vie for the UCP nomination in Masquachese with Tasquin and, and didn't didn't win her nomination. But there was a lot of controversy over some of her social media posts from a few years ago. The Alberta Advantage Party is, of course, um, led by Marilyn Burns, who started the Wild Rose Party. I like to call it Wild Rose 2.0. And they've never had a problem with me calling it that. So <laughs> that gives you a very quick little rundown of them. And the um, the Alberta Independence Party has gained party status. I got a message last night from Dave Bjorkman, uh, who is leader of that party. So apparently they've got a ton of candidates as well who are registering. So some places are going to have a long ballot in yes, some writings. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And the are. Green Party has some candidates too. And the Green Party, mm-hmm. yes. Now they don't have an awful lot of policies out yet. I'm just going to spitball and assume that most of them are going to be about the environment, but I guess we'll see when they do unveil those. Let's move on to our regular segment, Good Stuff from the Gallery, in which we recommend things we have read or seen or listened to lately that we think you, dear listeners, might also enjoy. Clancy, let's kick it off with you, mate. Yeah, nothing's happened this week, eh? just <laughs> as we talk about things. Um, I do think, just I know Keith mentioned his column, but if you haven't read his column about the Callaway uh, Kenny issue, please do. It's it's important, a really interesting read. And I also wanted to recommend something a bit lighter from Emma Graney, who's a fantastic reporter, no matter what she covers. And the headline is, 50th <laughs> birthday bash for beloved legislature burger. I and love the burger. <laughs> honestly, it is so fun. Please read it. Um, it will make your day. And there was, you know, I think uh, people were tweeting this morning, should we be voting for the burger? Yeah. And it's a relevant question. Hashtag burger for premier. <laughs> yeah, I went to the burger's birthday party last night. I had cake. Your I pictures, wore a party the pictures hat. of you with the burger, you look so happy. I'm like, that might be the happiest I've seen you in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was wearing party hats. It was the best. And and the burger, we should add, was actually, it, it exists. We've, this is a real thing. entered into uh, the legislature record. Uh, from somebody back in, well, like 50 years ago, complaining about cafeteria food. Exactly yes. right. And you can read my story and find out all about it. Yeah. Yes. What do you want to recommend well, for Well, I've really, I'm going to recommend. So I'll have some better politics suggestions for next week. <laughs> but what I, I, I've needed a change of pace from time to time. So for all the parents out there who find that some of the children's podcastery is just awful, there's awful stuff out there. Um, I want to recommend something that I've talked about on Twitter before, but it's a podcast called Grim Grimmer Grimmest, and it is the retelling of grim fairy tales in a way that uh, 
minces no words and and there's various levels of grim and so you can kind of evaluate but my eight-year-old loves these things they are fantastic they make me laugh the way he tells them and actually when i listen to them i'm like oh this is about politics right there's analogies (laughs) but they're super weird they're not the normal like oh you know ones that you think about the nice happy fairy tales there's there's like weird things with like glass coffins and like Half boy, half hedgehog. I'll stop now. That sounds but, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were really dark from fairy tales. Some yes. of them are super dark. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a couple of things. First of all, related to what we were talking about today on the podcast, um, the Calloway being a um, a hit job candidate for, against Brian Jean, I recommend you listen to um, episode number 200 of the Press Gallery in which Graham Thompson, Paula Simons and I and someone else, I guess, talked at length about how this was a thing that was clearly happening at the time. If you just want to hear the comments from that particular time, you can fast forward to 21 minutes in, but you can just listen to the whole episode again and you'd be like, wow, it's like they could see into the future. Um, (laughs) But my actual recommendation, I'm going to recommend a Netflix series that I have been watching to disengage when I get home. It is fantastic. It's called Losers. It's basically about... You would think it would be about people who haven't won at their sport, and that's kind of what it's about. It's people who haven't necessarily won, they've come second, or they haven't won a big championship, or they haven't got the gold medal, they only got bronze. But it is so freaking cool. It's basically what these people have done, how they're super pumped about life, and other things that they've started as a result of spinning off from not winning whatever it was that they didn't win. There was a long-distance runner who accidentally ran to Algeria from Morocco, got lost in a sandstorm. There was like – there's a curling episode, which is fantastic, about an Albertan curler that changes the whole sport. That's right up your alley, Keith. It It is is such a good series. They're like half-hour episodes. They're fantastic. Highly recommended losers on Netflix. Keith, take us home. Yes, losing a curling is definitely up my alley. Um, (laughs) My teammates well know. Um, (laughs) So, don't be uh, so hard on yourself, yeah. Keith. That wasn't what I meant. I just thought you like the subject. I didn't mean that. I hope you weren't taking it that I was saying you were a big loser. No, no, no. We typically oh, I feel do. Terrible. Uh, oh. Although, uh, scary. Last, You're so mean. I know. Last weekend we did win our curling button spiel. We won the B division against those jerks from CTV. Congratulations. I'm kidding. Sorry, Bill Fortune. I I love you. Um, So um, what I'm going to recommend is a book called Orange Chinook by some uh, academics at Mount Royal University, Dwayne Bratt, Keith Brownsey, uh, Richard Sutherland, and David Terrace, all very uh, very good uh, uh, political science professors who we quote sometimes in in our newspaper. Uh, This is a book uh, about the – it's a good primer for the election, frankly. It is a book uh, sort of looking at how the NDP won the last election, how they came to power in their first couple of years in office, and how that sort of initiated some change within the conservative movement. Really, really – it's academic but written in everyday language and uh, a good read for folks. I'm only about a third of the way in but quite entertaining so far. Guys, thank you so much for joining me, Claire Clancy, Sarah O'Donnell, Keith Duran. We will, of course, keep up with our midweek episodes, but we're changing the format a little bit just because it is during an election, in case you didn't realize. So we will keep you updated with how the campaigns are going midweek, so you should subscribe and then it comes straight to your device. Again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We will be back again this time next week with more Alberta politics fun on the Press Gallery. Press Gallery.